In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is Good morning, and thank you very much for being here today, and especially for those who are visiting their family in the area and coming from out of town. It's not usually that I do the sermon now, but I'm still waiting for the 11.30 rush hour. It's coming late, but they're not here yet. Just mark your, your uh, watches and see that we have been done in less than an hour. So those who complain about how long the liturgy in the Orthodox Church is, they don't have any basis. What extends the liturgy usually is how talkative the priest is. And if we have any extra services at the end, we are having today a memorial for Thomas Zamer and also a removal of crowns. So usually, and for sure, what extends the service even longer, how many people are receiving communion. So receive less communion, we'll have shorter liturgy, if, if, this, if this solution will help. But I, I, you know that I'm not, I don't mean to have less communion because we need to share in the Lord, but in a worthily way not just taking it for granted and run from the door into the uh, line of communion. As I did last week, the point is to remind of the basics. Because sometimes we take our church, our faith, and all we do here for granted, and we don't offer the respect that we should offer being as one family of God, as sons of daughter and daughters of the royal king, and how to behave. It's a good reminder to uh, know how to behave as sons and daughters of the Lord inside the church and outside of the church, so that we as royal family would not be the source of scandals or to be material for tabloids as royal families usually are. So today we heard in the epistle, according to St. Paul to the Ephesians, he begs the people in Ephesus, telling them, please, I beg you to lead the life that is worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And also we heard the story of the rich man who was so obsessed with his things, he was so attached to his money and possessions, to the point it was very hard for him to relieve himself and to become whole as Christ told him. Sometimes we are like this rich man, attached to our ways more than our money and possessions, and we are stuck in the way we do things and understand things, and we, uh, we are not willing to try to do more or to be challenged and probably sometimes you say, I do this this way, I'm not going to change. This is the time I get to church, I'm not going to try. This is all that I can do, I don't want to do more. But as a reminder, the church is a place where we come to heal. To heal as a community, as a, as also as individuals. And to learn how to bring healing to the entire world because we are co-workers with God. We need to heal our brokenness, but also we need to restore the broken relationship with we have with God. But we, as, we all know that any healing, when we get sick, it takes time and effort. It drains our bodies to heal from whatever sickness we have. And relationships also take 
time and effort to be built up for many years to come. And as when you go to your primary care physician, he reminds you of all the good things and the bad things and the medications that you should be going and taking to stay functional, he leaves it on you to be responsible for following his advice. And as the priest and father here, I want to remind you of our calling, that we are not only uh, the calling, as St. Peter said, is not for the priests and monks and nuns only, for those who are clergy members or those who are called to serve in a specific way, but the calling was for everyone who was in Ephesus, for everyone who claimed to be Christian. So it's not a calling for a priest, but it's a calling for every one of us. It's on us now to accept this challenge to be Christians and to live accordingly as a royal family, but also as royal priesthood, which we as Christians sometimes pride ourselves to be. We just use it conveniently when we need it as royal priesthood. So when services are done in the church, such as vespers in the evening or matins in the morning before we start the liturgy, these services are not meant only for priests if we take royal priesthood seriously. It's meant to be for every one of us, for all of us to attend from the time we start. It is not mainly to make things longer and boring, although I have to admit sometimes this is intended and I said it a million times, church is boring for a good reason. We need it to be boring so that we are less distracted as we are out of the church. So sometimes these services are done to be boring, but also uh, they're not done because God needs them. God does not need our prayers. We need the prayer. So vespers and matins and liturgy are not for God. They are for us to restore our communion with God. These services, Vespers and Matins, are for warm-up. So if you go to the gym, you have to warm up first before you can start your exercise. And before any journey, especially if this journey is taking us to heaven, we need to warm up so that we are ready for what we are going to receive in a few minutes. If you go to the airport, you have to be there early on to guarantee that you're going to board your plane. And if you go to cocktail hour before a wedding reception, it is for warming up before and mingle with other people before you start dinner. So matins is mainly to prepare ourselves to focus, to get out all the distractions that we have, and to get to know a saint or the feast that we are celebrating on that Sunday. Do you know that every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection? Every Sunday there's a reading from the Gospel. There are 11 of them. They're divided from the different Gospels that we have that talk about the resurrection. So every Sunday we remember one account of this resurrection story. And we learn from some of those readings how to be like the myrrh-bearing woman who went early in the morning, were more manly and courageous than the apostles to go and witness for the empty tomb. So when we do not attend matins, we miss an opportunity to be at the tomb of Christ, 
Because the tomb of Christ is not only in Jerusalem. The tomb of Christ is everywhere. The empty tomb is announced to us through the reading of the Gospel. And after reading that Gospel of Resurrection, the priest comes out with a Gospel book that has the icon of the Resurrection on it for every one of us to venerate, to kiss the Gospel as if we are in Jerusalem at the Holy Sepulchre. So, the tomb of Christ is not only in Jerusalem, it is where we announce His empty tomb. Also, Vespers and Matins are not done so that we can add stuff to our liturgical day. Actually, the liturgical day starts, starts at the sunset with the evening prayer, just like this Jewish tradition. The Jewish day starts at night when the sun sets and then the Vespers, the evening prayer starts. Because from the time of Genesis, this is how it reads in Genesis, there was an evening and a morning and the first day. Then the evening and morning, the second day. So the day starts with Vespers. And through the Vespers and Matins, we witness to the recreation of the world through Christ. This is what we do in those prayers. We are the co-workers of Christ. We are the assumed co-workers of God who is recreating the world anew through Christ. And when we miss those prayers, we are abandoning our mission in the world. I am afraid that sometimes we are like this rich man who is stuck to our ways. We are sometimes lazy, we do not want to change our ways, and we claim we do not know or someone did not teach us about those. I understand that at some point, priests did not have many resources, they were not as educated, there was not so much material out there in English or in Arabic, whatever language we, are, we have, to talk and teach in a way that is relatable to each and every one of us. But this excuse is troubling nowadays with all the technologies that we have to claim that I don't know about something just proves that I am lazy because I don't go, I go search for anything in the world. Whatever games happen all over the world, I will know what the results are. But for me, because I'm lazy, I don't want to do anything related to church. Also, the services are available online. They are sent in the email. They are available through QR codes here in the church. But you can follow through the service. You don't have to be lost during the service. Yes, it, is, it takes time to get used to it, but it does not that mean that it's impossible. Also, the live stream continues after COVID. It was useful during COVID, but also it's still working right now. So for those people who take so much time to get to church for any given reason, you can start your live stream in the car or even when you're getting ready at home. So at least you feel the connection and get ready to the journey from the minute you, you are awake and start your journey to come to church. For parents who have children, if you have dandy girls and boys who are not getting ready quickly in the morning, prepare their clothes in the, in the night before, and they will be ready in the morning to get out. The other issue that happens in church, and people don't know about this, also claiming that no one taught us. 
sitting and standing in church. We wait until other people, are they sitting? We can sit down. If they're wait, uh, standing up, now it's time. We don't know when. It's always this hassle about when standing up and sitting down. Let me give you the rule. The rule is standing, out, standing up all the time. During the liturgy, it's standing up for all people who are able to stand up all the time. So pews are only for people who are old enough that are not able to stand the entire time. So if you go to some other Antiochian churches, they don't have any pews. They have chairs on the sides and that's it. You go sit down, rest for a little bit, and come continue the liturgy. But there are rules also when we should not be sitting down. When the gospel is read, when the blessing is given, when communion is distributed, if we cannot sit down in front of a sacrifice of a soldier who's wrapped in the flag because we respect the sacrifice, how come we do not respect the sacrifice of Christ who's offered to us to share in Him? It's the same principle. It's respect for the sacrifice that's in front of us. So our invitation today to remember why we are here. As men and women, we are called like the clergyman. We are called to be the co-workers of Christ. We are called to prove ourselves up to the challenge of being Christian and to reprioritize our life in a way that is conducive of what we are as royal family. That even things, if we're not used to them, then we can pay the effort to do them and to learn how to do them. Because in the end, we are the co-workers of Christ who are meant to bring healing to the entire world. But if we are lazy and we're not up to the challenge, then we'd better not be Christian. Amen.